oh, it pissed my wife off, and she said she was going to disrupt the podcast. Is there a podcast to tell you what are the best flowers to order? Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Getting back to what makes this podcast great, talking about movies we love and sharing them with you. Tonight we're talking about an awesome 80s horror series that we're all surprised we have not covered fully. The Night of the Demons trilogy. So this is in fact, Night of the Demons, a retrospective. But before we dive deep into this demonic terror, let's see. What have we heard about movies and TV headlines? Let's go to the guys. What have you guys heard? Let's go to Nick. Nicky Lates, what do you got for us? I have heard that Coming to America 2 will end up going straight to streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh, this Prime picked it yeah. up, huh? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of like wondering. I, I haven't, we haven't seen a trailer or anything yet, but it's kind of interesting. All these movies are now, companies like Prime or Netflix are just like, well, shoot, you're going to come out. December, that is big it. news, actually, because it, that was sure sure shit going to go to theatrical because it's a big movie. Oh yeah, uh, it's a sequel out. to Coming to America, and they did Same this play Florida. on words with the title. It's a it's the number two instead of the letter two, right? So oh, instead yeah, of like yeah. T O, it's just it's the number symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a good story. Have you guys heard about this, Nick? Do you know about the story? No. What's so, the story? Well, because it's Eddie Murphy's movie, right? Like where he came, yeah. he was a prince of an African country, right? Comes to I'm America, right? Yeah. Works at like a competitor McDonald's, of McDonald's. So yeah. mar- wants to marry the daughter but can't because he's supposed to be in an arranged marriage, right? Great cast, right? Like Louis Anderson, um, obviously Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. Uh, I forget who plays the dad of the McDowell's, which is like the fake McDonald's, but he's a really good actor too. Uh, you, you've John seen him in a hundred movies. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, he, and he, uh, John Amos, he was yeah, in Good Times. Yeah, you're and, right. Um, one of name. the diehards. And and he's coming back too, supposedly for the sequel. But they said Leslie Jones is going to play the mother of like this illegitimate American son of Eddie Murphy's character. Like that's why he's coming back to America to find his kid. <laughs> Oh, like, this is great. <laughs> like, nice. And like pitted against Leslie Jones, like she's really funny. So it'll be cool to see. Oh, and uh and supposedly playing like a brother in law or an uncle or something is uh Tracy Morgan. Mm. So that might be oh, funny nice. too. Isn't yeah. isn't Wesley Snipes in it too? I thought Yeah. Wesley yeah. Snipes is the brother of the the girl that was part of the arranged marriage, like who Eddie Murphy's character was supposed to marry but then did not. Oh so I wonder if he's gonna be like the villain maybe of the <laughs> of the movie. Like coming back for some revenge, or maybe they ended up being best buds. Who knows? Like maybe they're friends. I don't know. Yeah, but it'd be maybe funny if he was like a rival. The IRS. What? <laughs> what maybe about the villain? Is the IRS? <laughs> oh, you mean that's why they have to make this movie because Eddie Murphy has tax problems? Or oh no, you're saying because the Wesley Snipes had tax problems? Yeah. <laughs> is, is he never gonna live that down with you, Adam, or what? Is, this is like the third Wesley Snipes tax joke you've made. Like, we were talking about Blade, and you're like, oh, taxes, yeah. Hey, no, no, I, no, I wasn't even, like, you're taking an unknown territory for me. I was just thinking, like, if you're coming to America, and you're a wealthy prince from somewhere else, and you got a kid here, you're just going to have to deal with the tax man, I'm just saying. Oh. Uh, well. Tax so. man. Dave's only one office removed from the tax man in his day job, so maybe that's cutting too close to home for Dave. Let's just stick to the movies, all right? <laughs> He's being quiet, yeah. Yeah, Dave works talk. for the man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, in some way, we all pay taxes. We all kind of work for the man. We're all we're all screwed. We're all okay. into um, the God, and, pe- <laughs> and taxes are too close to politics. That's gonna, We're going to fuck up the show in yeah. the first three minutes. Yeah. Okay. Who has some what other movie-related news and not tax-related news? Uh, yeah, Dave, wanna, you got some news? Yeah. Oh, I got something. I, did I say Adam? I said Dave. You got some news? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It was close. Oh, man. So uh, so kind of going similar along with what Nick was going on. Um, uh, so Disney Pixar's Soul, which was supposed to go into theaters, is now going straight to Disney+. Plus. Mm, and geez. the other big nose is Disney says it's focusing more on streaming now. So yeah. this is the way the world 
going, our movie world going here on out. I mean, well, California mm. Disneyland isn't even open anymore, right? Oh, and they Disney keep making world. fun of they keep making fun of Mickey for not being able to open his doors. Yeah, <laughs> they give but, him a hard time but, in South Park all the time about it. It's funny. But yeah, they're foregoing like the Mulan model. Like, I guess that didn't work for in the long run. So they're just like, oh, here it is on Disney Plus. Don't pay <laughs> extra on Christmas Day. So. We'll have Coming to America and then a new Disney Pixar movie. Wow. All this Christmas. Crazy Yeah, they Christmas. got a lot of negative PR for charging on top of the service. So, so yeah. it bombed, pretty much? I don't know if it, it bombed, but I don't think it was as lucrative as they wanted. Um, gotcha. So, I mean, I think it did better than Tenet in theaters here in the U.S., but... <laughs> oh, it did? Tenet I, I think that good. Yeah, it did like forty something million in the U.S. It's not. Oh yeah! Wow. Well, well Tenet's yeah. been like beat like two weekends in a row by like two new movies. Like one was like a, the War with Grandpa with Robert De Niro. But no yeah. one's making over like a million or two million dollars at the theater. I mean, Hocus Pocus is actually doing better than those movies. It's crazy. Well, that's right. why when Nick, when you said that you um, could rent an AMC theater for ninety nine bucks. Oh my gosh! I'm I was like, like yes. so you could make a cheap movie, and in theory, you could make a Even movie cheap, one. rent a theater, and go number one at the real box office. You really could. <laughs> Ooh, what a great or, idea! Actually, or at least, at, at, or at least top a, five. Some theater did, or um, some movie did that earlier this year. These yeah. uh, ragtag. You you heard about that, Nick? Right? The uh, mm-hmm. yeah. the guys that did, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but they did just that, <laughs> basically. Yeah, all they wanted to. For one day, they just wanted to like be the number one movie in America, and they nailed it. <laughs> they got it. Yeah. Good for them. Wow. Wow. It might take it more like, than one theater, though, right? Maybe four? Maybe well, yeah, a handful? A yeah. Well, this was like during the like the height of when no theaters were open. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they probably couldn't do that. Yeah, actually, yeah. This was like yeah, you'd America. have to have some le- legitimacy to open in enough theaters to justify. Hmm. That's too bad. It still sounds like a good idea. I don't know if anybody has the scratch to do it, but it sounds like a great idea. Um, (laughs) Well, let's slap something together, boys. On it. (laughs) Well, what else can you tell us, Adam? What have you heard in the wide world of movies and television? Showtime announced that they're going to bring back Dexter for a limited uh, series. Mm. So... All the people that have been unsatisfied with how Dexter ended, um, they get to see him again. And hopefully with some space and time in between, we'll get like a really, really good mini season out of it. Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how it's going to take shape, but they said that it's not going to undo, you know, the series finale. Um, And I think the big thing of that, it's kind of early in the show, folks, but here's your first spoiler. Um, the sister detective is dead and she died in the finale. So, and she's not coming back. So I, like, if you're hoping for Jennifer Carpenter's character to show up, it ain't going to happen. And he's a lumberjack. So I wonder if they're going to start out with like a, a Montana chainsaw murder or something for him to solve, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, he I went off into I the woods she, at the end. Anyone can, anyone can come back though. Cause he's has, has a, has a really vivid imagination. So. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like his no, but didn't he put it? I'm pretty sure he put his sister's body in the water at the end, just like he does all the other dead bodies. I think so. So I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Wait, you don't think like he'll talk to her again in his imagination, and she'll be on set and potentially being a character? Oh wait, you're saying she's gonna take yeah, over as the mentor remember, like, instead of seeing yeah, the, fa- the foster yeah, father? Yeah, yeah, she could be part of it, part of his, you know, entourage in his head. Wow, what do you think outside of the box? Him. Somebody else had an energy drink tonight. <laughs> He's wide awake. <laughs> He's got ideas. <laughs> oh man, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't even I didn't even go there with that. That he could be motivated yeah. by another ghostly figure, you know, in his uh subconscious. That's pretty interesting, yeah. actually. That's and, a good angle. I wonder I don't know if they're gonna write that in. There's no details except for, hey guys, we're bringing him back. That's about it. <laughs> Cameos of like all our favorite characters from the show can could, could come in and be different parts of his psyche that things he has to address, like hmm. the missteps he could be making in life. Like, remember what you did to me, or remember what happened to me. You know, there's a lot of fun there. Um, so they're saying, uh, they're saying to move along. They're saying that uh, 
uh, couples are either coming closer together or they're having love on the rocks during this pandemic time, right? Rob Makes Riggles sense. is getting divorced after 21 years. Who's that? Rob Riggles. He's like a comedian. Oh. He was in um, did you uh, he's stepbrothers. He's the guy that says he's gonna eat a he's gonna eat a dick. He did it in international waters. He doesn't like Will Ferrell's face. Like oh, the, okay. the buddy yeah. of the brother. Yeah, and then the he ate a dick company. in Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, Twenty One Jump Street. He play. He's he's a. Is he in Twenty One Jump Street? Oh yeah, he he gets yeah. his dick shot off as the villain <laughs> in the first movie. Then uh, he's also a cop in. There's a movie where guys imitate cops. Oh, let's be cops. Let's be and cops, he he yeah. plays the sergeant that helps him out and. Uh, He's also in Hangover, I think. One of the Hangover movies. Yeah, he's in the Hangover. Yeah, he's a cop in that, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, he's like a, you know, he's he was like a Marine in real life and then became an actor and a comedian, stand-up comedian. So it kind of fits in his uh, his lifestyle or his persona or whatever. So, look, everybody falls in line with typecasting. It just happens. They're willing to pay you for this, and that's what you get paid for. It happens to everyone. Um so let's see. There's like a TV show right now where he it's a mini golf competition <laughs> that he does. Uh, never watched it, but I know he does it. <laughs> yeah, he's like hosting the show. Yeah, it's um, like holy, I don't know. It's, it's a mini golf show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Phil Collins' wife dumped him in a text. He already has a new husband, right? You know the singer Phil oh, Collins? No. <laughs> Phil Collins' his wife dumped him in a text? Yeah. Take a look at me yeah. now. Now he's trying to evict her from like this other house that they own together or something. I don't know. Something ridiculous. The craziest <laughs> thing that I read was like, I, like, I expect a lot of crazy shit from the, the youngest son from Home Improvement. Like, is he married some cultist oh. and moved out somewhere and was making cheese or something weird? Or, no, going vegan and making certain... Opening like a vegan alcohol joint, or did something, whatever. He like the 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 youngest one got into some weird shit. So when I first clicked open this clickbait story, I thought it was gonna be a story about the younger son, but it was actually about Zachary Ty Bryant, like choked his girlfriend nearly to death or something like that in Oregon. Oh wow! I was like, what? Or Idaho or something? I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, so like you I said, Oregon. I remember like celebrity that. marriages are just falling apart during the pandemic. Like people are like spending too much time together. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, no, I mean he just did a deep dive on her uh, on her phone or something. Yeah, this is what I meant pre-show when I said like all my news stories are like tabloid B stories, you know, yeah. like National Enquirer <laughs> news level. Um, the, 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 and the other things I learned was like there's all these rumors floating around about Cary Grant, you know, like uh, supposedly he was bisexual and like he jammed on LSD. I, I could buy the LSD. I don't know about it, uh, other stuff, but there's all these stories coming out. I don't know if they're going to do a movie or make a book about them, but... Um, like, how are these stories coming out? Like, all of a sudden, like, somebody found his phone? I like, don't know. He didn't, they didn't even have cell phones then, like... I think it's my job just to tell people the stories that are out there, not explain... You gotta go research, You yeah. gotta do... Yeah, you gotta dig deeper than I could possibly tell you in a 45-minute show. Oh, God, <laughs> like, a secret diary... Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The diary of Cary Grant has finally been found, and <laughs> his boyfriends are probably dying. But it's like they're probably the grandson of one of the boyfriends, you know, who's like doesn't have a shut up clause because he's not getting Cary Grant money. You know what I'm saying? So he's just pulling out Grandpa's journal. And just... So aging obsessed fans making up stories about. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, you got a real pickle. <laughs> you like, can't handle it. <laughs> Uh, and, oh, here's something that, that Adam might like because this is a comic book artist. Are you guys familiar with the British comic book artist Alan Moore, who like co-created Watchmen? He also I've heard about uh, him, yeah. did yeah. the award-winning Saga of the Swamp Thing, which is like yeah, Swamp the, Thing's the, best. He's run. a prolific writer. Yeah, he yeah. helped create 2000 AD, which introduced Judge Dredd, like in the comic books anyway. And uh, he said that his favorite Batman of literally like all time. This is a recent story in like one of the Comic Con whatever journal things it wasn't adam west what it wasn't adam west right you know it is adam west what his it is favorite adam batman west. is adam west hey hey time out man hey, to hey, me this adam is west super is this cool. is super legit you know why read yeah, the old yeah. comic books go back when it was the original run of detective comics and like and then think about the 60s show they followed the comics almost like a blueprint like the way batman should be is actually the way Adam West portrayed him. Like, go back and read the comics, man. Like, they... That's how Batman is. How he really legitimately is. <laughs> like, so, so... I hear so, you. 
at the very origin, though, in Detective Comics, they made him too dark and too gritty, and then they cartoonified. Oh, when he was shooting the gun, when he was first shooting the guns, maybe right. When he was first, when he was first introduced, the the original run, he was dark, and then they were like, "This might be too much for kids." Comic Code's authority was getting like hot and heavy about like censoring the story, so then they made it more fun and more and geared it more for children. And then oh, Adam, I love West Adam West comes West in Batman. And more accurately represents the retooling of the Batman. I just character. think it's cool that like a super famous comic book artist said that his favorite Batman was Adam West, because I'm all in line with that. You know, I'm a big fan of he, Adam West Batman. He's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say that I don't like the original Batman, but I like them seriousing it up, like put some nitty gritty in there, the Frank Miller twist to make it real world dark i like that instead of shark repellent but teaches on i suppose <laughs> and on that note we'll be right back with our movie discussion after these messages we're going to tell you about our stars offer all those great movies here we go get seven days of free movies and shows on stars with a simple sign up you can redeem the details at bwpodcast.com forward slash stars dash offer s-t-a-r-z dash offer and now back to the show and now we're back because literally you just heard me talking from like almost like another dimension about how do you get great free movies on stars um tonight's movies are collectively the night of the demons series and the original night of the demons which came out in the 80s and the other ones in the 90s and the sequels um Night of the Demons. I don't know where they released it as Halloween Party, but apparently it was also released as Halloween Party. It's an 88 American horror film written and produced by Joe Augustine, directed by Kevin Tenney. The film tells the story of 10 high school seniors having a Halloween party in an isolated mortuary. Then the party turns into a nightmare because they're going to do a seance as a party game, and they accidentally unlock the demon that lives in the crematorium. Uh, trivia. It took place in, uh, well, I don't know where it takes place, but it's supposed to be small-town America, as all these movies are. But it was shot in uh, outside of Los Angeles and took two months to shoot. I want to mention briefly the, the director here because uh, Kevin Tenney, he did the Witchboard movies, which are some of my favorites of the cheesy direct-to-video stuff for horror films. I don't know if you guys have seen that, Witch, the Witchboard series. Um, <laughs> I heard of them, but never seen them. Yeah, yeah. and then he the also did... Uh, they're like Ouija board, like the witch comes out of the Ouija board and possesses people. It's kind of, and it obviously has like the schlocky detectives and the sex scenes and whatever, whatever, everything you need in a direct video horror movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's good. And, yeah. uh, Were these before or after? What? He did Witchboard one maybe before Night of the Demons, and then the other ones were in between his other movies. Um, oh, he okay. did Demolition University with Corey Haim, which is actually, I think, the second or third movie in Corey Haim's Demolition one. Trilogy. Yeah. Uh, it starts with Demolition High School, of all things. Um, yeah. Chrissy Swanson is in one of them, I think. And uh, but it, but this guy's check this out. He's the one that brought us Pinocchio's Revenge. Oh wow! Well, um, I never saw. Yeah. Oh well, I thought you guys <laughs> would have seen that. I guess I'm the. I've seen it, and that's why I'm like. Eh, all right, fine. Screw you. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I've only seen the, the original. The original is followed by the sequels, Night of the Demons Two, which comes out in '94. And Night of Demons 3 in 97, along with a remake in 2009. Um, in Night of Demons 2, Angela returns from hell to target her sister Melissa and their friends at a Catholic school that get drawn back to Hull House six years later. In Night of Demons 3, released as Demon House in the UK. I don't know why they would release it as Demon House, but they did. That's the third film, and they released that director video. It also comes out in 97 by Paramount Pictures and uh, Republic Pictures. There's also an R-rated and unrated version of this movie. Um, in this one, teen vandals are hiding from the police in Hull House, and they run afoul of the evil waiting to entrap them, including the returning franchise fiction and arts demon Angela. That's one thing that's great about the series is they kind of created like a horror franchise killer in Angela who gets possessed in the first movie and then comes back as like the main demon in each sequel. Um, the remake sucks. comes out in 2009. Uh, it's a remake of the first one. Same basic plot. There's a party with demons, and there is an Angela, but it's obviously not the same actress. And it, I mean, it couldn't be. But by the time the early 2000s comes around, she'd probably be like in her 50s or 60s. But yeah, um, way too old. <laughs> Angela is like a not really the main thing in the remake, and like 
whatever. Uh, like it's one and done. Um, which is like I I could never watch the remake again. I turned it on. I watched it. I I'll never go back to it. I watched it ten years ago, and I totally agree. I never want to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> I I have the same exact story as Nick. Yeah, the story. <laughs> ten years done. I done and done. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the freshest in Adam's mind, so if you briefly want to just tell us about the remake, we'll talk about it quickly, and then... Well, actually, no. We'll, we'll try to do this in order. Sorry, folks. Okay. I'll just I'll stick to my guns and what I wrote down in my notes. So let's go to first impressions and favorite bits from part one. Um, who's really excited to talk about part one? Is, does anybody like part one over the other over the rest of them? Oh, hell yeah. Part one's well, the yeah, best dude, one. Well, yeah, dude. That's, it's <laughs> All right. Okay, so Nick, you start with your first impressions and favorite bits from part one, and then we'll jump over to Dave. All right. Uh, my first uh, impressions is I love this movie, and my favorite part is Lewin Quigley's uh, boobies and the lipstick trick. <laughs> <laughs> lipstick tits trick. All right. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Right. <laughs> oh, what's your first impression? If you had to tell somebody about this movie, oh, uh, um, fun horror haunted movie that has a lot of great kills, and hmm. I, I I love it. And the soundtrack's amazing. It's fun. It's eighties. Captured in a time capsule. It's beautiful. And I love the opening credit scene. The the animation? The animated. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was really a cool way to open the movie. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Dave, it. your first impression and favorite bits from part one. Uh, it's hard to say first impression. This movie, I don't know when the first time I saw it. I Definitely on VHS, but I love this movie. Um, I... Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, so that's I just love this movie. Um, favorite bits. Um, I don't, I don't want to get too long winded on. A oh my god, impression. that was incredible. I just <laughs> love this movie. Yeah, that's the best way. Um, I have a few favorite bits, but I, uh, you know, uh, the sour balls bit in the beginning uh, that kills me every time. Um, and and something as many times as I've seen this, I gasp in pain every time i watch it but one of the the near end where they're climbing the barbed wired wall and just like that each time kills me oh um, yeah having to climb the barbed wire to escape the demons yeah yeah um well going back to the sour ball thing if you saw the sour ball quote in the beginning of the movie in that um mini mart scene where she goes Do you guys have sour balls and they say yes and then she says well then you don't get a lot of blowjobs if you saw that scene then you were watching the unrated cut if you didn't see that scene, you watch the the watered down R rated cut. Oh no! So, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I saw the unrated then. Okay, cool. Um, that brings us to you, Double A. Your first impressions and favorite bits from part one. Uh, I felt like it was good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not enthusiastic in, in thinking that this is the first thing I should watch or anything, but, uh, there's a lot to say that that is good about this movie. Um, sheesh, the D the demon that comes out, like that was a cool effect. The lipstick thing, the, where they switch from her having taken her, you know, blouse open and then showing you the real thing and then cutting to, an amazing facsimile to do that tr- effect was just like the first time I didn't catch it. I'm like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It was, it was re- truly, it, it makes you feel sick to your stomach. You want to double over watching that scene by itself. So th- that so, hit me. What's weird is you were so enthusiastic in your text messages on Facebook messenger about this one, uh, or just in general, the night of the demons, I thought you were super pumped up. I thought you'd be like, uh, riveting over part one because it's the original, the OG, but it um, doesn't seem oh, like man. it. Well, I see it's a problem is I, I I had watched the Night of the Demons before without because we watched Demons and Demons 2 mm-hmm. and the YouTube algorithm pointed me in the direction of Night of the Demons and I went and checked that out hmm. and then you know I ended up watching it after watching those two movies. So I was kind of spoiled on, on demons and demons too. And then I watched this and it felt like a step down. So there's no way for me to have a fresh take at this movie because of that experience. Oh, cause you're just comparing that, it to other horror movies with demons. Yeah. In? Yeah. But they're wildly different movies. Yeah. Though. This I is mean, like, this, one, this one's more campy yeah. and fun. Yeah. This is like, this um, is like breakfast club with exorcist, you know, like, 
I love the said, tone of this movie. I, did see, too, I had yeah. seen this movie, but I didn't remember the title. Okay. Hmm. And John said it's like Breakfast Club. And then so when I when I went in and I was watching, I was like, oh, I've already seen this. And then but John said the Breakfast Club thing. And then I saw that and the movie became a lot more fun for me because of that. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, which is true because like the kids in the beginning of the movie they're not all friends there's like kind of two groups of friends and then some oddballs but they're all interested in partying at a haunted house and so they all end up there right then they start to get possessed and then the survivors are trying to outrun the possessed ones and then they have a couple good gimmicks like Nick brought up the lipstick trick which is like a famous movie scene like like that's and then Angela dancing like trying to seduce everybody at the party and then Mm -hmm. um She's like I said, she's iconic. Like she's to me like yeah. the girl from um, what's that movie? Slasher Camp. What is it called? Um, Sleep, sleepaway. Sleepaway. Camp. Like, yeah, it's like it's like the girl from Sleepaway like, Camp. Or the something. girl with the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they could have made three more <laughs> Night of the Demons with Angela between the eighties and nineties. You know what I mean? They could have kept going. Like like yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. She could have been a Freddy um, if they had enough movies to support her. So um, it's yeah. okay to say our first impression could be back when we watched it the first time. I mean, because literally, like we're not going. We're not new eyeballs on these movies because we're kind of coming back to them, but like, yeah. I rented Night of the Demons like seven times from from the from the video store. Like, I, I love this movie. Time. Like, so if good. I had like, yeah. if I was renting two new movies and then I got a free third one, I'd grab Night of the Demons. Like, um, also, uh, my favorite bit is probably the old man that wants to um, kill kids on Halloween <laughs> by putting razor blades into the apples. That's and then at the end of the movie, his wife makes itself. a pie and he accidentally yeah. eats the bad apples and he dies horribly and like yeah. that to me is incredible well, that you know? was amazing that's like one of the best callbacks in a movie yeah uh, that i can recall because there's so much time that passes between when yeah. that seed was right. planted and when you finally saw the fruition i mean it, that's so. like creep lo- creep show level shit so like th- i love yeah. the first movie for that um, well, I love the uh, I love the little brother in this too. Like he's oh, you mean Nick? Nick was Nick, that was Nick's first yeah, role, yeah, right? Nick, you guys know I starred in this, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Nick's first movie role. <laughs> that was bodacious, me. bodacious boobies, or what does he say? Bodacious boobies, or <laughs> no? Anyway, talking about typecasts, Nick could be cast as a preteen surfer boy from the valley. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I'm in the valley, why not? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's jump right into part two. Uh, wait, wait, I, I just need want to mention one more thing. Is the shot of the mirror that has broken after hey, they hey, started Adam, their Hey, Adam, hey, Adam, hold your thoughts, because I, I don't know if you read the notes for tonight's episode. I'm going to say give the audience a final reason to revisit number one, but that's later. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're jumping the shark, buddy. My bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about uh, Yeah, let's go to number two. Um. First impressions and favorite bits from part two. David, you're on the spot. All right. Um, I'm going to treat today like the first time I watched it because I had next to no memory of this movie. Mm. I fucking love this movie. This is one of my new – I'm going to say discovered classics even though I've seen it once before. This was like fresh for me. <laughs> um, some of my favorite uh, bits in this is um, just, just – uh, if you watch this, watch some of the background dancing of people at the uh, dance. It's fucking amazing. And there's a lot of um, like let's just be real the cigarette uh, the 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 tit the tits that grab. Um, that sorry, was, uh, I was gonna reference. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what the, oh my god, it took me by such surprise. I forgot yeah. about that. I'm like, okay, okay, you got my attention now. Um, you know, uh, the, I I grew. I mean, I didn't spend tons of time, but I, I was Catholic, so a lot of this stuff like killed me too. Like leave enough room for the Holy Spirit. Um, so, uh, so that I don't know. This movie just worked on me in a real way today. That really happened at them school dances too. <laughs> it did it was intense. What I love about the sequel is they tie it in directly to the first one. They're like, it's six years later. Angela's still haunting the house. It has a great opener. Some couples like broken down, or they parishioners. Were they parishioners or broken down? I I don't remember. I watched it no, earlier today, were, but I forget. They were uh, evangelists. Oh, yeah. Okay, they so they were parishioners. Like, they were going around. Saved. Yeah, they were recruiting people to. Yeah, exactly. They were like Jehovah's Witnesses going in to recruit people. And, like, and then she says, We're having devil's food cake. And she, she murders them. And um, she's still there, clearly being demonic. And then the one of the main characters is supposedly her sister. And, like, and then they build on the mythology. They say, like, 
Angela sent her parents a note at like after being dead for a year or whatever. All these kids died in the house. Um, sent a postcard to her parents. Then they commit suicide. Then the younger sister gets shipped off to the Catholic boarding school. And then like they're all into it, so they want to go back. And like the new group of friends wants to go explore the house, and they drag the sister. And then like and then the nun, for whatever reason, who's a, a great actress, I was going to write down who who it was, and I forgot to do that. But she she like is practicing sword fighting in her room at one point, right? So, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, dude, yeah. yeah. Checking the lines of sight killed me. Yeah, so I guess we're in, like, my... I guess we're doing my first impressions and favorite bits. So, uh, I like... They, they brought in this actor called um, Robert... Uh, gosh, what is his name? Robert Jane? I think his name is Robert Jane, but he's the guy that played Melvin from um, the Tremors, and he plays Perry, the guy that knows about the demons. Like the little expert in the movie, yeah, who yeah. helps prepare all the squirt guns and tells the other guys what to do, but then like ultimately, demonology expert. Yeah, exactly. So, hey man, I like the guy that can deliver exposition in an entertaining way, and he's that dude. So it's cool to see him in this movie. So, um, I liked his character. I always felt like if I was a horror movie character, I might be like this guy. Like I would know a little bit about the demons, and then like, but. I, he gets punked out, so that kind of sucks. But he's one of my favorite bits, and my first impression of part two is like, it's a rad, it's a rad little horror movie, man. Like this is very entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're at. Who did we miss? Did we rotate to Nick yet? No. Uh, I haven't gotten to me. Right. I thought this was a great sequel. I loved it. I, it was fun. Had the same energy, but brought its own style. A lot of head chopping off stuff going on, and I really love the reference to the boob thing that Dave brought up earlier. I thought they did it in a cool way. Yeah, I just wrote mutant boobs attack. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved it, and it was neat seeing what is it? Uh, ben Stiller's wife. Oh, uh, Christian uh, Christine Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Christine Taylor. Yeah, whose like, name was Marsha in this as well? <laughs> I, but this is Bunch. what's yeah. funny about that is here's some trivia. Like she, she, this was before she was in the Brady Bunch. Yeah. yeah. So they were so they were again. It's a night of typecasting. Like they thought she was going to be a good Marsha or whatever, right? So, so and then it happened. Well, Man. she also has a typecast of playing Catholic schoolgirls because I just watched The Craft recently, and she was in that. In a no, no, school. not just Catholic schoolgirls. The bitchy Catholic schoolgirl. Like we got to make sure that yes. we're talking like the mean girl of the Catholic yeah. schoolgirls. Double mm. um, A, I believe we're rounding out to you, right? Uh, yeah, well, I like this one more than I like the first movie, um, and I think it did a couple things that the first movie didn't do for me, hmm. and I think one is world building. Being immersed in the Catholic stuff that I don't, that I didn't grow up in, but I'm aware of, because I had friends that grew up in that environment, and I've, you know, touched on that. And some of my, you know, having to go off to camp and stuff like that. And so I get it. So the way they built up these characters, so they actually felt like something for them before the movie gratuitously destroys them <laughs> <laughs> was was a lot of that. That was a lot of fun. Um, that aspect of the film. Uh, one of my favorite quotes of the movie is like, uh, she's like it. Is it a kiss is a, is a kiss a sin? She goes, is it a kiss is a sin if it's an upper persuasion for a lower invasion? And I thought, Man, that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. But uh, you know, there's this guy they set up to be the hero jock, and you know, first he's you know kind of jockey, and then later he's more affable, and you see like oh he's got value and quality because they try to save Mouse from being sacrificed. And then not too long after that, he's unceremoniously got his head severed well, and then he becomes that's, a demon. That's the uh, – one of the cool aspects of this movie is like when the nun and the teens are working together, when they, they come together to try to fight the demons. It's kind of a cool element. Mm-hmm. Also I, like – Oh, sorry. The, the incredible regrowing nun head. That, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> it, it was definitely. I laughed. Well, faith faith is a real power in this movie. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those horror movies. Like, if the devil is real, then God has to be real, and the you have to have like a balance. So that's yeah. it. Um, and whatever, buy into the mythology or don't. But actually, I agree with you. I like part two a lot. 
Like I would, I would watch part two over and over again. It, it's a fun sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was amazed at how much I, I like this one. Um, yeah, I agree with everything everybody said. It built on the world of the first movie instead of just uh, rinse and repeat. I, I really and, appreciated that. And it doesn't seem like low, but it doesn't seem like cheesy. It still seems like it's still on par. It, they really did a great job. Yeah. I, after watching it, I was just kind of surprised of like, how is this movie not talked about more? Like the special, right? some of the special effects are nuts in this, and it's just like it's such an original horror. I mean, even though it's a sequel, it's an original horror movie in that like they do like it's just not like other maybe Nightmare on Elm Street to a degree. I mean, just in terms of like weird visuals, but um, it, it's just it's it's so different, which is why I love it. It did not take a step down from the first one. Not at it, all. It, no. If anything, it took a step up, or at least at least the equivalent of. I, I thought the the cinematography was really amazing, really well lit. It, it it just looks so great, and then that is like this like you know base level standard. But then the story is also good because it didn't even need to be a horror movie. That's why this movie's so good. You it, it's actually interesting without the horror mm-hmm. the horror starts to come in and uh become more and more real to the audience and the characters but i mean you could they could have easily just made this into like you know a high school or college movie hmm. yeah i mean how, how far would you agree with that yeah, um, I, that, yeah. I, I mean, to a degree, I mean, I, you know, the, the characters and stuff, but I mean, it's it's kind of a horror movie through and through. I mean, t- to my mind, I, but I see what you're saying. Um, I'm just qu- commenting on the quality of the character development, how specific everyone is. and right. It's unusually it good for a horror movie that could just be thrown away on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, wait, and honestly, it kind of was because, like, like Dave said, I don't hear anyone talking about Night of the Demons 2. I mean, when yeah. was the last time you actually like? Oh man, remember Night of the Demons too? Like when I this is the first time I think we've I've talked about this movie since I saw it in 1995. Well, that's I'm a surprising you. thing. Is like I, I talked to Dave. I was like, have we ever talked about these movies? I, I somewhere in within 300 episodes, we probably mentioned Night of the Demons well, at least the first once or twice. For sure. the first yeah, I, for I know sure. we must have talked about the first one because I'm a I'm a huge fan of the first one. Yeah. I mean, um, not at any length, but we've probably been like, oh yeah, I'm watching this, or oh by the way, this is also cool. Yeah. But not like, hey, this is this and this is that, and watch part two. <laughs> uh, I guess like, does anybody have any specific thoughts on part three? I I never I watched. Watch I watched. <laughs> I didn't watch it, so no. Okay. Uh, you guys did though, right? It exists. Yeah. It exists. It's actually hard to find. There's no. I don't think there's a DVD release. Um, I don't think there's no. Obviously, there's no 4K restoration. You know. Um, it would be cool if they put them all in a box set, one, two, and three. That'd be kind of cool, actually. But um, still has the original Angela, which is cool. Um, they actually, the ending of the movie is a little bit like Hammer Films. Like, Dave, do you remember we watched a movie about Dracula where he finally falls in the water and it kills him? Yes. So she finally crosses over the water line and, like, evil spirits. This is like an old-school English myth, like, that evil spirits, evil spirits for some reason can't cross running water. Because of like its purity or something, like water, you know, streams run clear, mm. right? So right, right. Uh, well, wasn't that, that was the thing in the first one about the stream yeah. underneath? Or, so yeah. they, they kind of use this as the killing method to get rid of Angela in the third one. But oh, we also forgot to s- talk about how Angela mutated into a giant snake in part two. Yeah, yeah. Was it was cool. basically the ending of Aladdin, but impressive. <laughs> But um, so at the end of three, she kind of mutates a little bit as she's being pulled through the invisible barrier and gets all melted, but only briefly. Um, three kind of sucks. It like, and there was this whole like video. You, there was a hotline to call in and talk to Angela, and at the, like to promote the movie. Um, <laughs> and if you if you yeah. this is what sucks about not having VHS anymore is like remember they used to have things at the beginning and after to to like. Um, promote other films mm-hmm. like yeah. so it'd be like here's yeah. some commercials coming attractions and really at the end of the movie trailers yeah at the end of the movie you would see a character come on and like they would talk about their other movies or whatever and you'd be like wow awesome now the world doesn't exist like that so i don't know what form that would take maybe like a uh, a live stream with freddy krueger or something <laughs> you know what? like, like... <laughs> seems to be gone what is it 
that kind of experimentation because the stuff they used to do on VHS tapes, like, you know, there's all, it's like early video games. It's all over the place. Or like an exclusive music video or something, you know, before like, uh, um, what was that movie? Waxworks. They would have the Warren G music video on the VHS. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or, or Duncan on the VHS for nightmare three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I think uh, my uh, we had Nightmare on Elm Street five, and I think there was a music video on that even. Probably, I, I don't know what song it would be, but yeah, I don't remember. But didn't Freddie I mean, rap yeah, at one point? Didn't thing. they bring him into like a music video at some at some point? I don't know. It feels like he did, but who knows? Adam, you watched part three today, right? I only watched the beginning. Oh yeah, okay. And I didn't think we would be talking about it, so I'm. I well, I just we wrote any thoughts because there's two other movies in the series. There's the remake, and there is a part three. That's why I said well, any I just, thoughts. If anybody had any random thoughts about it, uh, okay, we could well, share it, thought. but we don't have to go into something I really liked from the first movie. Is that the gate disappears and it's an endless wall around the property. <laughs> like that really was neat. In the second movie, uh, they talk about it, but they don't show it. Sure. And in the third movie, at the very beginning, when a car enters through the gate, you see like it enters in some kind of it, pre- it crosses the barrier, and you see the vehicle go through some kind of like force field. Uh, so I thought that they, it was interesting that they kept kept that consistent through the three movies, and but in different ways each time. Hmm. So. And the remake, as we've already said. Would ruin the rest of it. Would ruin the whole series, right? Like, yeah. that, oh, like, horrible! If you just and what sucks is if you Google this movie, the one from '88 obviously doesn't. The first thing that comes up is the remake. So, oh really? Yeah. So, like, if you just type in "Night of the Demons" movie, you see the remake or "Night of the Demons" yeah. series. And it's the remake, and it's the cover of the remake, and you're like, ah, oh, damn, that sucks because I bet you there's hundreds of people because people are stupid. The hundreds of people probably went and watched the 2009 thinking that's it. And so everybody's been talking about Night of the Demons and they just assume people have been talking about a really shitty movie from 2009. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much of them investigated. Oh, no, there's like a whole thing, you know? Um, I don't I don't hate um, the remake as much as you guys all do. Uh, I saw something else in it that. All right, Adam. I had to forgive it for. In five years, <laughs> in five years, when you're a diehard horror movie fan, you're gonna fucking hate the remake. Wait five years, and then you'll be like, "Damn no, it!" No, I hate no, that like, no. I don't think I'll change my opinion on this because oh, no. the problem with the film is solvable in post. And what they did is they put some kind of effect on the whole movie that was too high contrast. It was like day for night and too high contrast because probably. Because they're trying to hide some inferior, unfinished effect or something that was going to cost too much to fix. So then they just put this blanket last-minute measure on it. Well, 2009, you're talking like HDX 1000 and HP DX60 or whatever, like the first or second generation high-definition cameras. So, I'm not sure what they shot it on. I'm just saying what you're seeing is not what the camera captured because there's a period in the movie and the remake where they think that the sun is coming up and then I could see that the, that they lifted part of the effect in order to show sunlight. And I was like, Oh man, there's so much more there. Like I, what, there's just so what, much more clarity there and detail there. And they, I don't know what they shot it on. It could have been like an early HD camera, but um, I feel like a revisit of those original files and, and, Taking it to a different colorist, or do you think that would save the movie? The problem? No, uh, I, I was gonna say it's not yeah. gonna save the shitty acting in the terrible <laughs> yeah, script. You know what though? It's gonna pay f- pay for um Edward Furlong's heroin for a week. Uh, <laughs> I didn't look. There's some. There's a lot of neat things in that movie. I mean, when she cuts the face off, and I don't know. There's a, there's some fun stuff in there. They changed the backstory a little bit so that. Seven people needed to become demons so the demons could escape the property. And the only time that they could do that was at night. So the original story was of Angela. Uh, She finds out that her husband is turned after a seance or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Then she kills herself. 
Oh my gosh! You me. know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh! We don't we don't what? need it. We just don't need this movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in ten years. I don't even remember all this. I just remember didn't like it. Yeah. Look, you guys are, are I think, uh, uh, judging it harshly because it looks bad. So that's my theory. Mm. Because otherwise, you'd give it a shot because Edward Furlong's in. <laughs> I don't even. That's why I didn't give it a like. shot. I just uh, well, I just remember. Um, I, I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to say thank you to a couple of fans um, named Carolyn and Paul. They sent me a book. They sent me a copy. Uh, came today. They sent me a copy of "I'm Dying Up Here," which actually got adapted into one of my one of my favorite Showtime shows, also called "I'm Dying Up Here." It's actually a drama about comedians, and they got real working comedians to be in the cast, and then some good actors from like our generation, like like uh, Andrew Santino, uh, Clark Duke, Eric Griffin, um, Michael Angarano from like Sky High played um, a character called Eddie Zidell. In the, he was like one of the comedians. And then R.J. Seiler, who was recently in Power Rangers. This was like one of his first things that he did. There's Al Magrigal, who's a real comedian. Um, Jake Lacey, who was like in the last season of The Office, was in this. And he, he was in, um, gosh, what was that? High Fidelity? He's in the High Fidelity TV show now. But he was in this. This only had two seasons. But I was hoping for a third. It actually ends on a cliffhanger. You don't know if one of the characters is going to die or not. And you'll never know. Like... Um, this is like a running joke for me and Dave. Like, how many times have we talked about a show where you never get the answer because, like, the show just, like, uh, yeah. just ends? Do the fan fiction. Like, uh, what? Quantum Leap ended that way, right? We don't actually know if he actually gets home, right? I think Quantum Leap was like that. Um, of the characters, I mean, th- you have to be, like, a diehard fan to know what I'm talking about now. Like, I relate to the characters of Eddie Zidell and Nick Beverly, but I have bad luck, like Ron Shack. And sometimes I feel like uh, I need to get my point across, like Bill Hobbs. These are all characters in the uh, the show. I'm dying up here, which is like again about comedians. Um, I thought it was cool because like behind the scenes, right? People working on their stand-up routines, right? The shit they go through. Like there's a couple of guys that are living in a closet, and they go on a game show to try to get food for the week, and they end up getting like a year's supply of rice aroni, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's actually pretty good, but. It was like kind of mixed. Like they didn't know what to do with the show. It had Melissa Leo, um, you know, who won like the Oscar for that movie about the brother boxers. Uh, she played the mom. Um, Does the show break the border of the book? I mean, I know you haven't read the book yet, but how closely did they follow the book? Well, I mean, they had to make up these comedians. Like they reference the real comedians because it's supposed to exist in our world. So they created a handful of comedians because they didn't have the rights to everybody's life stories, right? But they're clearly inspired by some of the other comedians, you know? So. Hmm. Um, and obviously, the Goldie character, who was the club owner, played by Melissa Leo, was supposed to be Mitzi Shore, you know, who owned the comedy store, Polly Shore's mom. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, and there's a character that dies who, who m- might be George Miller, it may not be George Miller, who knows? Like, it's hard to say because. Um, obviously the book is by like, um, a New York times reporter who was sent to California to cover all these comics and like was there when Robin Williams like made his, like got discovered at the comedy store, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So there's no character in the show like Robin Williams, but there's characters that are like Richard Pryor, except for Richard Pryor shows up in the show. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Sure. So mm-hmm. like, they're out, like a lot of the characters are adapted from comedians. Like um, Eddie Zidell reminds me of some of the early like SNL writers, and I, I like Bud Freeman or something. Um, but uh, anyway, it's about a group of like comics trying to make it like in the seventies, like when the s- stuff was s- first popping. But hey, it's cool. I mean, I posted it on my Instagram. I thought it was cool that some of our listeners remembered that we talked about. I talked about this before. Me and Dave, I think, talked about this like six months ago or something. No, like, someone actually did, did that. Yeah. yeah, so somebody listened, and then, like, out of the blue, just send it to me. Like, that's pretty that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so I was like, awesome. yeah, I definitely got to give them props, you know? Yeah, they, thank um, you whoever did that. That's rad. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's, well, the other things we've gotten, uh, we used to get pictures. Nude girls used to send us pictures. <laughs> that's right? We got that one Batman <laughs> yeah. bikini picture. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we got a couple topless fans. That was, like, the early days where it was, like, party time, bro city. 
and and then well, uh drunken commentary days yeah yeah the, exactly <laughs> yeah and then um somebody sent us a bottle well sent me a bottle of uh I don't know if they wanted us to promote it or something. I don't even remember the name of this. Blue Feather was it? Blue Feather Vodka. There's a year. This oh, is like that was a long time ago. Yeah, this yeah, is like season that. two or season three. Yeah, like I was it was like a vodka that. company in Florida, right? Yeah. The only people that are trying to charm us now are the the uh, the Sunday Scaries guys. But unfortunately, they're breaking Adam's heart because they still haven't sent him his free sample. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I actually subbed up. I was like so into their product that I went and, and signed up. And uh, if you go to sundayscaries.com, anybody out there, you can punch in binge 40 and get 40% off your, your vitamin gummy order if you so want to try it. Um, it did take like two weeks for my order to show up. So, um, But that could be the – I don't know. I check the uh, mailbox every day with yeah. uh, anticipation. That's, that's how excited Adam is to get this awesome Adam, product. Like, he lets us <laughs> yeah. know. He's like, this yeah. is still not here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually Cry I'm curious. They, yeah. Okay, here's a theory. They sent it, but the mailman was like, oh, let me try these. Oh, dang. <laughs> He's got your gummies. That's my theory. I don't know. Do you know your postman on a first name basis? You better go talk to Carl. Better go see what's going on. I give, I do give the mailman the stink eye now. I don't say hello to him anymore. And he seems oddly <laughs> calm, right? He seems super calm for a postman, right? He knows he's calm. Calm. Well, here's the thing: like he never looks me in the eye because he's like mm. he knows he took the gummies, right? <laughs> Makes Darn. sense. Yeah. I was able to sneak in another offer there. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. <that's good. laughs> um. So, what else are the binge watchers watching this week? Let's, uh, Nick. Are you watching anything cool this week? I watched the classic Total Recall. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Dude, it was so good. Still still great. Yes. Mm. I it's really good. Have you have you seen that movie lately? Uh yeah, I watched it like a couple of year or two ago. That movie still holds up. Dude, and Paul Verhoeven, you miss, I just miss pure entertaining violence. That guy could do it like no other. Like Robocop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, like that guy knows uh. how to make fun violence. <laughs> Yeah, Starship Troopers might actually be my favorite of his. Yeah. Hmm. So good. And three titties. And <laughs> Mars, three, yeah. the three poop scene. I'm just saying. Who can forget uh, that? Who, who could you ever forget that? That's my point. Yeah. I mean, that'd be the reason to go to Mars, right? So you could hang out with the three breasted hookers, right? Yeah. Get your yeah. ass to Mars. Come on. There yeah. <laughs> that, what do they have Mars and SCDs, though? though? Probably. Yeah. Um, who knows what we got? Dave, what else are you watching? Um, I actually revisited a movie I haven't seen since the VHS days. Um, uh, Wes Craven's Serpent and the Rainbow. Oh, uh, oh man. That's about so like much um, ass, dude. That's it like is. zombie voodoo, right? Yeah. yeah. Based, on, based in on a true uh, story. Wait, does he yeah. get nailed in the testicles in that movie? Uh, he nails someone in the testicles, but oh, not okay. himself. All right. Um, this actually has like some of the crazier nightmare sequences outside of um, Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. Um, it does, one yeah. particular, I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but there's one scene in there that like made me jump like crazy. Uh, this movie's tense. Like it's it's probably one of his most overlooked movies, honestly. It really is. Yeah, he got a lot of hell when he made that too. Did like, he? I mean, were, I was were, too young when it came out. So. No, there were not not uh, like people were trying to get him not to make tell that story because. I don't know if anyone knows about this, but like supposedly there's some type of voodoo stuff and like people think you're dead and then you come back to life like a few days later. Like they give what I forget. It's been a while. They give it's you like a neurotoxin. A it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. Yeah. Where it's like yeah. stops your heart. So if you or stops like you go into like a paralysis, you go into like a yeah. coma. Yeah. So then like all these people would wake up and they'd be dead and they'd be buried. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. It's really well, that's cool. a long time ago. That's why they put bells uh, with chains oh, yeah. like, all the yeah, way down yeah. into the coffin because they would be like, this person's dead, and then have a funeral, bury them, and then but next that's thing that's also you know, where the vampire myth got started, too. Like, oh, shit. Back from the grave. We got to take them out. Kill them <laughs> <up>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading something crazy about gravediggers. They used to smash your teeth so you wouldn't have fangs. Smash oh, yeah. your teeth out, then put a stake Ugh. in your heart and bury you that way. Jeez. And leave it there. Well, like, they couldn't suck. remove the iron from your heart. the bell then. No, you're not ringing any bells. Just we're gonna double down and get the job done. Get it. <laughs> um, what else are you watching, Adam? 
I watched uh, The Silence of the Lambs again Ooh, and noticed all kinds of new stuff. Fascinated with how effective that movie is. That movie really is. And there's so much like symbolism in that movie. I mean, that movie's incredible. Uh, one disturbing scene was uh, the Hannibal is like in the hall of miscreants, the awful, you know, people that have done terrible things. And the guy's like, Oh, I stabbed myself. I'm bleeding everywhere. And then he, he throws his, um, uh, how do I, how do I, <laughs> semen, and, and he, and he hits her in the face with it. And I never saw that like that before, but they don't, say what it is and they don't you know, dwell on it yeah you know <laughs> and it's just so no i'm sure disgusting. if they told you what it was they would have to cut it from the movie right? yeah i'm sure the censor had been all over that i mean it could have been something else but yeah that's what it was hmm. and you know and then like one scene later she's getting a call like yeah hannibal just killed that guy like <laughs> same day oh that's crazy <laughs> and, it, uh, act, and it turns him around to helping her because he calls her immediately back down after giving her a hard time and then and then he gives her a pro tip like go check mm-hmm. out my patient such and such name and then and then she goes on a, a hunt to find that information mm-hmm. and that actually that negative event to her actually ingratiates him to her to help her in the case. So it's like a neat little turn. There's all kinds of little things in that movie. I watched a documentary a long time about uh, a long time ago where they were really concerned with how close the actors were looking into the lens. They're looking like right into the lens sometimes and cutting back and forth. They didn't know if that would work or not. Oh, it's like uh, it could be like really fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because, you know, anybody that comes from, you know, filmmaking environment, there's a 180 degree line imaginary where you're watching both people and you're turning your head. And that's why the cut works is because your head's already in the other position. So mm. cut, cut, cut. But then here, instead of doing a diagonal cut, like you're sitting at a table with two of the players, you are the other person. And they thought that might not play, but you know, it wasn't a bridge too far. It works completely. And it's immersive. I mean, you're real. You're there when Hannibal Hannibal's there addressing you. It makes it that much more freaky. The performance that much more powerful. So yeah. So this is the first time you saw that movie? No, no, I just haven't seen it in a while. Oh, okay. So it became pretty fresh again. Yeah. Cool. Um, so. I watched that new one, Wolf of Snow Hollow, um, which is by Jim mm-hmm. Cummings, who did a police drama a few years ago called Thunder Road. But he comes back with um, Robert Forster's in the cast, playing no. like a retiring sheriff who's sick and is having a hard time doing his job. And then like he has the most terrible homicide show up in his whole career, like a series of savage murders that may or may not be related to a werewolf. And his son is the sheriff who's taking over, but he's like having his own nervous breakdown. And the thing's pretty satirical about like police work and small town bullshit politics and like the stuff that would go on day to day. Meanwhile, all these murders are happening, and they do some crazy cool stuff with the camera work. Like, you feel claustrophobic, and like some of the moments actually remind me of that angst horror movie that we watched. Mm. And like, there's actually a scene in a diner where they're chopping up a bratwurst, and I was like, did these filmmakers actually watch angst? Because remember how awkward those diner scenes were in angst, where he kept eating yeah. the sausage. Yeah. Uh, I feel like. Somebody who worked on this movie saw angst because, like, they had the killer talking off screen and they had the cameras really claustrophobic. Like, right before somebody's about to be victimized, like, the camera's really close to them and you feel, like, terrified. Just, like, or not terrified, but, like, anxious, right? Like, and then some shit happens. So you're like, wow. And they spend time with the victims. Like, they give, like, whole scenes to the victims rather than just, like, they just get, here they are, they get murdered. It was like you spend like these little mini vignettes with them, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's really good. It's like um, something one of the better things I've seen recently. And like, if you like Robert Forster, you know who was in. I uh, do loved him. Um, yeah. Gosh, one of the lesser known uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. What is it, Dave? Oh, uh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Yeah, he's uh-huh. like with one of the main characters in Jackie Brown. He's in a lot of a lot of Elkin, TV shows. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy has like a. Bad. Yeah. 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 You know what's crazy is I didn't realize how many movies he made before he died because 
He died December of last year. He did mm-hmm. the El Camino movie. He did something yeah. for Apple TV. There's like three or four movies. It's one of those things where like, wow, he did a lot of work before he passed. Yeah, that's what's yeah. funny about some celebrities. It's like they almost know that their time is coming, so they go, they just go like just into rapid ass. mode, and they just crank out projects to be immortalized. They just go bing, bang, boom. Like, uh, yeah. like what's his name? I think didn't David Bowie die of like cancer or something? And he's like releasing albums like right up until he dies or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then this I also watched. What's that? This happens a lot. I know, like a bunch of actors I've seen do this in the before they die. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel lucky to have met him briefly. Who? Who Foster? Yeah. Did you? Oh, cool. How? He seemed like a nice guy. Was he nice? I don't know. Like, I knew that I recognized him. And I was like, hey. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And that was our whole meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, anyway. It was I, like... <laughs> you guys should definitely watch. Have you guys watched Snow Hollow yet? Wolf of Snow Hollow? No. no I, yeah, you, sh- I, you guys uh, should definitely watch it. Where it sounds it? good, though. Uh, I mean, the well, I watched it, and then, like, because we have the blog on the website now, right? And we have these articles. Like, I watched it, and then immediately went to my computer and wrote an article because I actually liked it. So, so yeah. <laughs> like, cool. like, to be captivated to write about it is a pretty big deal, you know? Um, yeah. We need you to write about the stinkers, too, John. I do. Uh, trust well, me. I know. I, I just messed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's there, yeah. Um, it's leaking. Um, well, you brought up Hubie, so now I gotta say, like, the Boston reporter that played the, um, reporter in the movie dressed like, uh, Harley Quinn, there was a running joke in Hubie that, like, a bunch of chicks were dressed as Harley Quinn for Halloween, the reporter that dressed as Harley Quinn and appeared in the movie, she must have, like, what, called in sick one day at WGN Boston or something and, like, just went to the set and did it and then, like... Oh, like, wait, so is that why anyway, she got fired? I was, the re- I was yeah, a reporter got, got fired because she re- appeared in the movie. And then I don't know if she broke her contract with the TV station. No, but was it because know. she called in sick that day? I was trying to figure out, like, why. Yeah, like, exactly. Why like, why would they fire her for appearing in a movie, mm-hmm. right? Didn't make sense. It. Maybe it's just in the contract. Or the movie's cursed, not- and that's just the beginning of the curse. And there's going to be a whole, you know, now that terrible things sure. are going to happen to the <laughs> cast and crew of Hubie. Bring Everyone's it. gonna get. There's gonna be a new Salem witch trial. Mm. <laughs> well, the other thing I watched had doesn't have witches or trials, but I watched Love and Monsters, which takes place during the apocalypse, where there's like um, a situation with missiles and chemicals, and it makes all the insects and reptiles a bunch of giant monsters. So humans live in bunkers, and the main character is played by Dylan O'Brien, who you might remember from the Maze Runner movies, and. Uh, okay. And Michael Rooker shows up as, like, the mentor character who has a samurai sword and teaches the kid how to live in the wild with the monsters running around. Um, it's actually wasn't bad. It was actually entertaining, which I had no expectations, obviously. That's the best way to see a movie. Don't expect anything yeah. from it, right? Because, obviously, usually expectations, you get disappointed. Um, right. But it's a digital release. It's a cheeseburger movie. It's what Dave would call a popcorn movie. Like, you don't think you're going to see, like, Shakespeare, but it's going to make you happy, at least for a Wednesday or Thursday night or whatever, you know? So. Yep. Um, Sweet. The fact that I got to watch a couple of movies this week is actually pretty exciting. Usually the only thing I watch is, like, the movies that we're, we're watching for the show. Mm. So. Always fun to have that extra time. Yeah. I tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, we're probably going to end the month with... Some vampire road movies, which is a sparse but kind of unique subgenre. So we're talking like they're from Dust Dawn stuff. The, yeah, Near Dark. Um, we're talking John Carpenter's Vampires and its sequel, oh, Vampire so Los good. Muertos, with Bon Jovi, no less. Oh shit! And uh, and there's <laughs> that other one too that um, the kid from Dawson's Creek and Final Destination is in. Uh, what is that other one? Forsaken. Forsaken, yeah. I think that might be the one I watch fresh for this because I've seen all these other movies. So yeah, that'll be the one I watch brand new. Hmm. Nice. Cool. Well, we did it. We finally talked about Night of the Demons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about damn time. Yeah. And we talked about Hubie again. Yay! That's your fault. How's <laughs> that not my? That's not my fault. You brought it up. You were the. I think I you didn't said bring it up. Who brought it up? I you you only mentioned that you wrote. Uh, he asked if you wrote movies for bad reviews or reviews for bad movies. Like, well, yeah, yeah Hubie. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, I didn't say Hubie all... first. 
I didn't say the word Hubie first. I was talking right. around. Yeah, it. I didn't say. I'll, Hubie I'll take the blame either. for mentioning Hubie. Uh. <laughs> All I said, <laughs> it, like we're getting into like verbal spats over who mentioned this awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> and every week, someone brings it up, and like, God damn it, who did this this time? <laughs> That's why there's some movies that we don't speak their names. You know, we'll uh, we'll have to stop it, like. If we mention it on a third episode, there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> I'm afraid this is going to turn into a Bloody Mary thing. If like you've mentioned it too many times, he shows up in your bedroom. Adam Sandler's going to come and get us. Wow. <laughs> What's that impersonation of what Adam does that you can't stand that was cool when he was younger, but it doesn't play when he's old? Want to touch the hiney? I don't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> What a crappy way to end an episode. Night of the Demons. Oh yes, let's. This is what we're gonna do. Um, like final thoughts, reasons to go back and re and and watch Night of the Demons, or yeah, a final reason to to revisit part one. Um, Nick, why should they watch Night of the Demons? Lewena Quigley, I think her name is. Watch it for her. Lewena Quigley, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for boobies and butt. <laughs> hmm. Is that the sweet girl? No, Gosh. she's the bad girl. She was. Bad. She's the thirty-year-old teenage girl. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm looking at her, going like, that girl looks way too old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look cute for all the boys. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, wow, but what's up with her body's great, but yeah. <laughs> well, that theft scene is pretty badass. Dave, you could. You always want to look cute for all the boys. <laughs> True, I never did. 